0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. Today we have got another Start Set video, this time for week 6. Uh, as many of you can tell, unless you're new to this channel, we're filming in a bit of a different location. Me and Rob will be going back and forth. Um, so our apologies Do a lot of things going on. We don't have quite the same lighting and the same setup and everything like that. So our apologies, we don't have the best video quality today. But what we do have is every player from every game and everything that you need to know. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description below, and Rob is going to kick us off and get us started with the Thursday night matchup, as he always does, so let's just roll right into it. Let's start with
1: the Patriots versus the Giants. Here, so I'm going to start with the Giants players. Daniel Jones, the quarterback, right? Looks looked like Joe Montana versus the Bucks, but the rookie came down to earth when he faced the Vikings and the Redskins, and that's not surprising. One, he's a rookie. Two, he didn't get a lot of first-team snaps in the preseason, things like that, so it's going to take a while for him to get the timing down and work out some issues there. Now he's playing the patriots that statistically are the best defense in football in fact they're only allowing 6.8 points per game now if you take away the two touchdowns the jets scored versus them on defense that actually patriots defense is only allowing four points per game and that trend goes all the way back to last year in week eight since week eight of last year they're allowing under 10 points per game they're only allowing 238 total yards per game you need to sit down to jones in this one don't even consider playing him that's a no-brainer so, look okay, at the running backs. Uh, Gallman is in concussion protocol. He's going to miss that, so he's not going to play. If you guys picked him up, sorry, he's going to miss that game. Now, whoever faces him, whoever ends up being the running back for the Giants this week, is facing a Patriots defense that's only allowed 78 rushing yards per game. And a lot of those rushing yards are what I would call garbage time rushing yards, where the Patriots are in pass defense, the box is not loaded, they're not focused on stopping the run, since there's a lot of points there, things like that. This, And I guess the point I'm trying to make is this defense is very hard to run on. They give up the least amount of points to running backs, the Patriots do that. So the obvious assumption in this game, I would imagine is that they're gonna be playing catch-up versus the Patriots having to throw the ball late in the game to play catch-up. Whoever starts for them, um, it looks like at this point, I would imagine is gonna be John Hilliman. Now, right now his yards per carry 2.8. There's so many reasons why you need to stay away from him. Now, there are some reports out there that Saquon Barkley might play in this game. In fact, according to Ian Rappaport and Kim Jones the NFL Network, Week 6 return is in view for Saquon Barkley. And that's just two weeks removed from a high ankle sprain, an injury that usually carries a six to eight week timetable recovery. So they're talking about him coming back at this point. I heard he was a limited practice on Tuesday. There's a chance he can play. Um, my estimation he's going to miss at least one more game. I think it'd be foolish to start this guy. Why re it? Why hurt your franchise running back? If he happens to play, this guy's a once in a lifetime talent. Yes, he's versus a very, very good defense. But if he does play, a lot of you guys are going to have to start him, and I would start him as a running back, too. As far as wide receivers go against Sterling Shepard, he's also in concussion protocol. And everything looks like he's not going to play. Um, but if by chance he does play, I'm going to see a lot of Stefan Gilmore. Now, Sterling Shepard against what I would call middle-of-the-road cornerbacks is very good. He can put up really good numbers. But Gilmore is a good shutdown corner. So I think that downgrades. One, he's facing the Patriots defense. This is good. Uh, Gilmore is a very good cornerback. Now, the one positive for him, if he plays in the game is he'll get good volume. They'll be playing from behind. I wouldn't be surprised for him to see 10 to 12 targets. And so you could start him as a, what I would say is a wide receiver three and leagues that are 14 teams or larger. But once again, we're 99% certain that Sterling Shepard is not going to play in this game. So get Evan Ingram. Uh, he's another guy who's banged up, but he did practice limited on Tuesday. It looks like he's going to play. And he's currently the number two tight end in fantasy scoring at this point. He's having a phenomenal year. So we assume Shepard's going to sit. We assume that Gallman's going to be out there. And I have an assumption. At least I assume that Barkley's not going to play. He's going to get a ton, a ton. Of targets in this game now granted he'll also see a lot of double coverage he'll get a lot of attention from that defense but i think the volume will outweigh that now if you look at the patriots patriots have been very stingy at opposing tight ends although they never faced one the caliber of evan ingram at this point so i think he, he's an every week start evan ingram if he plays you got to start him in this matchup even though it might be tough Sit kicker rosas and i would also sit the giants defense versus patriot you know brady whose offense uh typically is not turnover prone so uh, once again i would sit their kicker in their defense look at tom brady so after a bad week last week versus the Bills, Tom returns to being Tom Brady, the Tom that we know, right? Minus that one week against the Bills, he's averaging over 25 fantasy points per game. He's a must-start versus the Giants defense that made Kirk Cousins look like he deserves the $28 million a year that he's getting paid by the Vikings to play, at least for that one week he made Kirk Cousins They made Kirk Cousins look really good there. Now the Giants look good against Haskins. You toss out that game versus Haskins, okay, they have allowed 29.9 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks which include Winston, Cousins, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. You need to start Tom Brady in this game. That's a no-brainer. Play him against the Giants. He's going to have a huge game. So to Michelle, so games one and games three were really bad. Uh, but the other three games, he's been really good. In like fact, the other three games, he's had 4.39 yards per carry. The other two is terribly low at 1.04 yards per carry. But in three of the last four games, it looks like he's finding his way there. And he's also added to that solid yardage total in three of those four games, three rushing touchdowns. Now he's got the benefit of playing in an offense that's going to get him a lot of red zone carries. He's going to see a lot of that, and that's going to carry his fantasy value this year. Now he's facing the Giants that are allowing 4.9 yards per carry to running backs. I think this is another game where in the second half he's going to get a lot of carries, going to be up by quite a bit, and they're going to be milking the clock. I think you'll see a lot of Sony Michel late in this game. It's also huge that one of the things we saw last game, and this is a huge boost for him, is he had three catches for 32 yards and ran 18 pass routes. This would be a huge boost to his value if he can start being more involved in the passing game. Now, granted, he's never going to overtake Ress Burkett or James White in terms of uh, passing backs or guys that are out there in passing downs, but it'd be nice for him not to become a liability in passing situations there. So I would start Sony Michel as a running back two in standards and a low-end running back two in PPR leagues. Look at James White. Uh, James White's having a James White year. Okay, In standard scoring, it's probably best at times to sit in because he doesn't carry as much value in standards, unless you're in a very large league and I would say 16 teams or larger but in ppr scoring he's constantly getting 12 to 13 points per game very consistent he's averaging 5.5 catches and 45 receiving yards per game in ppr leagues starts at running back two uh in large, le- large leagues and in large leagues i would say that would be uh, 14 teams or more uh, or you could play him as a rb3 as a flex look at rex burkett uh he might be back in the game might not who knows uh he did have some huge games this year they were in blowouts and one was with james white out as long as James White is in there and Sonny Michel is in there, I would sit him unless something happens. Those guys get injured. Once again, his value is totally speculative. You don't know how much usage he's going to get. It's too scary. Sit Rex in this one. Julian Edelman coming off a huge game. You should have another big game. Versus a defense that allows the second most points to wide receivers. Started as a wide receiver too. Doesn't matter what scoring system you're in. Typically has better, or his numbers are better in PPR leagues. But this week with Julian Edelman, play him in all scoring formats. Josh Gordon. So even with the... Philip Dorr said out, Antonio Brown gone. He's been really an average wide receiver, especially when you look at fantasy. Now reports are the Patriots are looking to try to get another big name wide receiver in at this point. Uh, that tells me they don't think he's a Josh Gordon or four to five years ago, that they don't think he's the answer. Might explain his lower numbers, uh, even when he's had great matchups. Still, you got to start this guy as a wide receiver three in a great matchup. He has a safe floor, even though he's been somewhat disappointing our set. Um, left last game with a hamstring injury. He is week to week. Doesn't matter if he plays at this point until he's 100% and in a great matchup. I would sit him. As far as tight ends go, I would sit all tight ends there. Some might say, well, what about Ryan Izzo? Yeah, last week he did have two catches. He had a touchdown, but he's averaging one target per game. Sit him. Um, I would play Mike Nugent. Uh, start. You know, he's playing in a good offense, so he's going to be a very solid play in this game. Play him. And then the Patriots defense, they're number one in scoring defense right now, averaging 20 fantasy points per game against a rookie quarterback with the likelihood that Gallman Shepard and barkley sit play that Patriots defense in this one.
0: All right, Rob. Now, thank you for that analysis. And now I've got the Panthers versus the Buccaneers as my first game. And this is actually a very loaded game with a lot of fantasy studs. We'll get started off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and Jameis Winston. Over the last three games, he has nine passing touchdowns and has averaged 28 fantasy points, uh, while the Panthers defense is good. The production has absolutely been there for Winston, and it's no surprise with the weapons that he has in that passing game, I think Winston is a guy that you should be starting this week, of course. Uh, a situation I would avoid, though, is those running backs uh, with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones Jr. is a very difficult situation because Ronald Jones Jr. is averaging a yard per carry more than Peyton Barber, yet Peyton Barber has three touchdowns to Ronald Jones Jr.'s one touchdown. is really a difficult situation where they're just completely splitting carries, and it's very hard for any of them to have any fantasy value. They really just chip away at each other. So that's a situation I would avoid if you can. I think you should hopefully have some better running options Uh, mike evans this guy has been phenomenal he had back back-to-back weeks uh last week he struggled the first two weeks he struggled excuse me but he had back-to-back weeks week three and week four where he combined for 75 fantasy points in those two weeks he has been phenomenal but he's been very hot or cold and so we've got an interesting situation of really who is mike evans and I think there's a lot of concern with the games where he struggled because it's not just been a little bit of struggle it has been an absolutely major struggle last week he didn't even have a catch but when you look at the numbers he comes out week one he's got this flu he's very sick and honestly a lot of people were surprised that he even played week two was far from great but he had four catches for 60 yards so it's not horrible he didn't completely disappear he just didn't have a good fantasy day and then last week He has to go up against a good Saints team and Marshawn Lattimore, who has been phenomenal this season. And I think some people really underestimate Marshawn Lattimore. So let me read off something to to you that I kind of looked in some of the numbers on him. He is the fourth most targets thrown his way among all qualifying cornerbacks in the NFL. And he's only allowed two touchdowns all year long. Now, that number doesn't sound very great. But when you realize that he's been going up against DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Cooper Cup, Cooks and Woods, Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, Evans, and Godwin. He has had hands down the toughest schedule among any cornerback in the NFL. And he's really held his own and only allowed two touchdowns. And so you can imagine why being against one of the top young cornerbacks, Mike Evans, uh, had a slow day. Now, I think in years past, his day wouldn't have been quite as much of a struggle, except now they can just throw to Godwin and they don't need to force the ball his way. And so uh, he's definitely going to have a rebound in weeks where he's got better matchups. I wouldn't worry about him. He was a trade target we did a while back. And then the very next week, he had that monster week. Chris Godwin is another guy you have to start. This guy is on pace for a monster. 105 catches, 19 touchdowns. He is an absolute must start. OJ Howard and Cameron Brait, both tight ends, I would avoid playing those guys. They are splitting roles and much like their running back counterparts are really just taking away from each other's value and no one in that situation really comes out a winner. Uh, kicker Matt Gay, really surprising to see after struggling and missing some field goals earlier in the year, he's actually finished so far with the third most fantasy points among kickers. I think Matt Gay is a kicker that you should be starting this week. And the Bucks defense, they're actually top ten in fantasy points as well, and they are playing Kyle Allen, who has looked very athletic, but he is a young quarterback. He looks very immature. He struggled the last two games, so I would actually start the Bucks defense a little bit risky. But I definitely think that it could certainly pay off, especially if the Buccaneers put up some points and force Kyle Allen to throw the ball a lot. Flipping over the other side, um, let's continue on with the Kyle Allen talk. This is a situation where I would not be playing him. Now, the Bucks have given up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, but you just can't trust this guy. There is too much concern, and how they're able to lean on Christian McCaffrey says that he probably won't be throwing the ball as much as people would like him to. Some young quarterbacks who are far from phenomenal can keep some value by running the ball a lot with their mobility. They can do that, and then as well as throwing the ball a lot because their team is awful. Panthers have a good defense and a good running game so he's simply not getting the volume to make up for um, his lack of production. Christian McCaffrey he has absolutely been phenomenal. You got to start this guy. He has not only scored the most fantasy points among any running back in the NFL right now the next guy up Dalvin Cook has scored just 80 percent of his fantasy points so that is absolutely crazy. We've got uh Wide receiver D.J. Moore. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. He's a guy that you've got to start. His last game against the Bucks, he had 14 targets, 9 catches, and 89 yards for 18 fantasy points. He is a must start. Curtis Samuel comes in as a borderline wide receiver three. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of him, but this matchup is great, and he has well had a very good day in his last game against the Bucks. Greg Olson. A uh, Continuing on with this trend, had 110 yards, which is a season high, his last time playing the Bucs. Apparently that Buccaneers defense is an absolute mess. So Greg Olson, again, unless you've got a guy like an Evan Ingram or a George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, you're going to play Greg Olson this week. Absolutely capitalize on that good matchup. Joey Sly, kicker. He is second among all kickers in fantasy points. You've got to start this guy. He has been a pleasant surprise for the Carolina Panthers. He's been very, very effective. And I would start the Panthers' defense. They are not only fourth in fantasy points among all defenses, they play against Jameis Winston in that Buccaneers offense, which is a very good Bucs offense, but prone to turnovers and prone to sacks. And that right there is where it's at. That's where the fantasy numbers come from. So that is my wrap-up of the Panthers versus the Bucs. A lot of fantasy talent in that game. But I'm going to pass it back to Rob for his next game.
1: Now let's take a look at the uh, Seahawks versus the Browns. Let's start with the Seattle Seahawks. Let's start with Russell Wilson. Uh, What do you say about this guy? He's having a phenomenal year again. A 126 quarterback rating, 12 touchdown passes to zero interceptions. And that quarterback rating is not a fluke. Yes, it's a little high. It's going to go down. But in the career history of the NFL, only one quarterback has a better career quarterback rating than him, and that's Aaron Rodgers. This guy's having a phenomenal year. doesn't matter who he plays, even against good defenses. And I think the Browns' defense is good. I think it can be very good at times. doesn't matter start Russell Wilson in this game. Uh, as far as running backs go, I'll start with Chris Carson. So, after three weeks of fumbling, he's had back to back weeks where he hasn't fumbled, and that's huge. As long as he can hold on to the ball and not fumble, he'll be the team's lead back in the bell call. Uh, he's had back to back games, over 20 fantasy points. In fact, he's done that three out of five games this year. He's had back to back weeks with 100 rushing yards. Now, he struggled earlier with efficiency. First three weeks, he had a 3.5 yards per carry, but the last two games, it's gotten very healthy. His yards per carry last two games have been 4.53 there. He's a solid start as a running back, too. You got Rashad Penny. Uh, Penny has huge talent, um, but he's had a hard time staying healthy. And then he add to the fact that Chris Carson, if he doesn't fumble the ball, is going to be their lead back at this point. That usually leaves Penny on the bench. He's a guy that you're going to say typically would fall is what I would say is a running back three. I would sit him this week. What about Wadges here as well? Question I have to ask myself is Denzel Washington. Is he going to be back? That's a huge question. If he's back, that downgrades Tyler Lockett's value somewhat. I was talking about Tyler Lockett in this one. So last season, his metrics were insane. His production was through the roof even though he didn't see a lot of targets so how do you do that how did he have such little targets 70 and yet have good production the way that he did well one he didn't drop one catchable ball last year they look at the stat and it's one again it's not targets but what they call catchable balls he didn't drop one catchable ball last year the quarterback rate when thrown to was insanely high and that efficiency hasn't changed this year the guy looks great again he's got a 140 quarterback rating when the ball is thrown to him he's first in the league in catch percentage now here's the beauty Last season he only had 70 targets and we said that number is going to go up right we really believe that was going to happen but he's a lot farther ahead than what we thought he would be in terms of increased production and targets he's averaging 7.2 targets per game he's on pace for 115 this year he's on pace for 96 catches 1212 yards and 12 tds that's wide receiver one production you need to start him even if ward plays now if ward plays i think that he's a wide receiver two, mid-range if he doesn't play if ward sits out he's a low-end wide receiver one dk metcalf well he saved his game last week because he had a touchdown so that was nice but his three catches last two weeks off of seven targets is concerning. If you look at Will Disley's report he has with Wilson, Lockett being the number one wide receiver, Carson and Penny running maybe 30 to 35 times a game, uh, you need to sit DK Metcalf as a wide receiver four. And then Will Disley. Now, right now, Will Disley has got the number one catch percentage among tight ends. He's rated by Pro Football Focus as a third tight end right now. He's number one in touchdowns, and that position is lacking depth. So you're going to play Will Disley. doesn't matter who's going to play. You need to start him. Uh, Jason Myers is a decent starting kicker this week. And the Seattle's defense, um, they've had some solid games against what I would say bad offenses. Now, Baker Mayfield right now, he's turned the ball over, added that Browns offensive line's a mess. Uh, they're getting tons of pressure on the quarterback. They can't stop anybody who saw that Monday night's game. And that makes Seattle a very solid stream or play this week. You could play them. Look at Baker Mayfield. The rookie magic appears to be gone. I don't know what it is. No, I think Baker Mayfield is going to get back on track. I think they'll figure some things out there. Uh, But with so many good quarterbacks that you can play this week, don't force that. Don't play Baker Mayfield. Sit the guy. Tell you he has a couple solid weeks under the belt, or he has a very, very good matchup. And neither one of those apply this week. So once again, sit him. As far as running backs go, let's look at Nick Chubb. He is a stud. I could give you metrics, numbers, things like that. Uh, But he's one of the best pure running backs in football. In fact, I would say him and Ezekiel Elliott um, are head and shoulders above all the running backs in terms of just being pure runners. So you need to start him every week. doesn't matter who you play. He's very good. Jarvis Landry in this one is what I would call a solid wide receiver three star. And then there's Odell Beckham Jr. If you drafted him, you are upset by his production. You're getting concerned, right? I get that. He has struggled. Can't deny that. But he's still Odell Beckham Jr. You're going to sit him? No, don't do that. He's got too much talent. We saw in week two what he could do there. So here's what I would say. Tell Baker Mayfield figure some things out. He's now a wide receiver two, unlike the normal designation where we'd say he's a wide receiver one. So you need to start him, start him as a wide receiver two. Uh, I would sit Ricky Seals-Jones at tight end. Uh, Austin Ebert, I would sit, till that offense, stop struggling. As far as the Brown defense go, um, besides one game to the Saints, Seattle playing the Saints, besides one game, they've only allowed 4.75
0: points to defenses, so sit the Browns defense versus Russell Wilson in this game. All right. Thank you, Rob. For my next game, I'm going to break down the Texans versus the Chiefs. And I want to start off with the Chiefs because people have had some concern lately with Pat Mahomes. The last two games, we haven't seen quite the same Pat Mahomes that we have seen in weeks past. And yet, he has still scored 20 fantasy points in both of those games. And this week, he plays the Texans, giving up the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So don't get cute. Don't try to do something too fancy. And don't sit this guy. Absolutely need to play Pat Mahomes. Another guy that I really think you need to play is LaShawn McCoy. Houston Texans give up the 10th most fantasy points to running backs. And he has solidified himself as the main running back in that offense. And this is an interestingly good matchup. I don't know if that's even a word. But Texans given the 10th most points. That is against... Kamara, McCaffrey, Eckler, and Fournette. So they face some really good running backs. And so this isn't necessarily going to be an absolutely phenomenal day for McCoy. McCoy's not going to have huge yards. He's not going to have huge volume. That's not the back that he is. The back that he is is a back who scores touchdowns in that offense. That's what he does. And I think he's going to continue that trend this week. As far as the other backs going with Thompson, Williams, Damian Williams, that whole mess of guys, I would avoid them at all costs. Damian Williams is the one guy of those three that I would maybe consider. However, coming back from injury, we don't know what we're going to see from him. He does have good PPR value, but again, there's a lot of question marks. I would at least wait a week or two, and then we can see. As far as the wide receivers go, Tyreek Hill is still out, and Sammy Watkins is questionable. This week he has got a banged up shoulder and hamstring. I'm not going to say anything more on that, but I will update you guys on Friday on our injury update video, so absolutely make sure to check that out. Now, this is an interesting situation because after your top two wide receivers are out, they have got Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, and Peringle. And uh, this is an interesting situation, like I just mentioned, because which one of these guys do you play? If Sammy Watkins starts, I don't think that you can trust any of these wide receivers. I think this situation makes me very uncomfortable. Sammy Watkins is out. The guy I like most is probably Demarcus Robinson, but it is still a very uncomfortable situation. What I'll say about this, if you want to take a flyer, you want to take a shot on one of these guys, absolutely go ahead. It very well could be a great week for them against the Texans defense that has struggled. But these guys are by no means week-to-week starters for you. Hill is going to come back. Watkins is going to come back. And oh yeah, Travis Kelsey is still there. Damien Williams is coming back who catches the ball in the backfield. And LaShawn McCoy does as well. And so you can't trust these guys as long-term options. Though so if you'd like to stream one of them for a week, go ahead and do so. I am going to be avoiding it this week because it's very hard to tell where the ball is going to go. Of course, Travis Kelsey is a must start. I'm not going to say anything more on that. You guys are obviously smart enough to know that. Harrison Butker, he is an average play this week. I wouldn't drop him or do anything fancy, make tons of moves to try to figure out a better kicker option. I would just play him, um, but I wouldn't expect anything huge in the, the Chiefs defense. I would start them this week. Um, They've had not great fantasy numbers the last few games, but their fantasy production comes purely from their offense putting up points and being able to get after the quarterback, force sacks, force interceptions, fumbles, and things like that because of their offense that trend could very well come back and can continue um, if Watkins plays and that offense is fine this week. And so I think that that could very well happen against a Texans team that has a bad offensive line and is really prone to super inconsistent play from Deshaun Watson, which is the funny thing where Watson has been every other game either very good or very bad. And so I think this could be a very good fantasy day for him. I'm not going to break down any of his football production as a whole, but when you go against a Chiefs team that is going to put up points and a Chiefs defense that is not all that good, that could be a very good combination. Of course, what Will Filler did last week bodes very well for him. Let's get to the wide receivers now. Normally I do the running backs, but I want to address this. DeAndre Hopkins, he is a must start. The Chiefs gives up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Will Fuller, if Kenny Stills is out, you have to start Will Fuller. The monster game that he had last week was phenomenal. And it's something that's not a terribly big surprise. Of course, it was a surprise. Um... We didn't expect him to be quite that good, but when you realize what he's done in the past, the games that he's had in the past, you look at last year, he had, what, three touchdowns in his first three games before his season was derailed by injuries. The production has always been there for this guy. The health and the usage, not so much. And so if Stills is out, the volume and targets is going to be there. As far as the running backs go, Carlos Hyde, this is an interesting situation. He is far from phenomenal. Is a guy who, when you think about it, you honestly expect a little bit better production from him. He's averaging just 8.4 fantasy points per game, and he is touchdown dependent. So in PPR leagues, I would probably look for another option. And In standard leagues, it really depends on if you think he's going to find the end zone. Duke Johnson is even worse, who is averaging just 5 fantasy points per game in standard leagues. I think he's a guy you absolutely must sit. As far as their tight ends, Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins sit both of them. Their kicker Kaimi Fairbairn and their defense should also be sat this week. And that is my wrap-up for the Texans versus the Chiefs.
1: Now let's get to a really ugly game. I don't know if anybody's going to watch this game. Redskins versus the Dolphins. This is brutal. But let's start anyways, because some of you may need to scrape the bottom of the bell. Who knows? So let's start here with the uh, Redskins players. McCoy, Haskins, doesn't matter. They said that Haskins is not going to start the new coaching term coach there. It doesn't really matter who it is. Now, granted, I know that they're playing Dolphins, and the Dolphins are not a good team. But there's too much to risk here trying to trust one of those quarterbacks. Neither is good. They can't be trusted. They're better options to stream a quarterback just to avoid any Washington quarterbacks. What about Adrian Peterson this one? Uh, The Skins offensive line is not good, but Miami has been exposed by running backs. They allow the second most points to running backs. Now, What's going to win out? Terrible defense, terrible offense. Who wins this one out? It's um, Here's my take on this one. Here's what I think is going to happen in this game based on all the metrics, things, how it breaks down. I think Washington is going to establish a solid running game in this one. Adrian's going to get the ball maybe 15-29, to 29, you know, maybe 15-20 to 20 times, getting maybe 80 yards rushing and a touchdown. So he carries some risk, but he's actually, I think, the one week you could start Adrian Peterson, he's worth a flyer in this one. So if you're very desperate and you're in a large league, um, I think you could trust Adrian Peterson in standard scoring um, there. As far as Chris Thompson goes, he's got PPR value. He had just five catches per game so far this year. But in this game, I don't think the Redskins are going to be desperately playing from behind like they have in other games where they've had to throw the ball, and that's increased Chris Thompson's value in his targets. I think it's going to be a lot closer. And then you add Adrian Peterson getting the ball more often. In Smallwood's increased role, I think that uh, it could decrease Chris Thompson touches. We have said that in leagues, you can start him as a flex play in PPR leagues. In leagues over 12 teams in the past, has kind of been what we have said. This week, I'm saying sit Chris Thompson in this one. Especially with the new coach, we just don't know what the approach is going to be. His usage, I would sit him. It's good wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. I love this kid. Okay, this kid is so talented. Start him as a wide receiver three in this one. Once he gets a solid quarterback, he's going to be a weekly wide receiver two option. He's a future all pro. We said the same thing about DJ Shark, right? Last year and even this year, um, very talented guy, and so is this guy. You got to play him. Now he's playing Miami. We're going to the 10th most points to wide receiver. That number would actually be worse. Once again, the Dolphins are giving up the 10th most points to wide receivers. But the reason why that number is not worse is because in the second half, teams don't have to throw that much because they're beating them by a ton. So that number is actually deceiving. They're probably much worse against wide receivers there. Um, In this game, I think it's going to be closer. It's not going to be a blowout. I think Terrier get 12 to 13 targets in this game and have 100 yards. Um, that's the only one I would really consider starting is Terry McLaurin. As far as tight ends go, Davis, Sprinkle, Reed, uh, doesn't matter. Until the quarterback situation gets better, uh, or something improves in that offense, I would sit those guys. I would sit Hopkins. Now the Skins defense versus Miami. Miami's allowing the most points to opposing defenses. I would start the Skins this week if you're desperate. If you need to stream of defense, I think the Redskins have some talent on defense and they could cause some problems there. Josh Rosen, looked better than Fitzpatrick, uh, but that doesn't say much at this point. Now, the Skins team, like I said, is not good, but they actually have some playmakers on defense, so I would sit Josh Rose and Don't even think about starting him. Kenyon and Drake, uh, he's gotten more touches. Uh, his role has increased, especially with Cam Balaj playing himself out of a job there. Uh, he's been brutal there. In this game, Drake should easily get 8 to 10 carries, 5 to 6 targets. He would have some value, but it's very, very low. Uh, plays in an offense that's very inept. But it's versus washington and i think what's going to happen is washington is also going to struggle quite a bit meaning that he's going to get more carries and only gets he's going to get more time on the field more snaps um his ceiling is very low in this one what he really needs i think kenny drake actually has some talent He needs a change of scenery went to another team his value would be boosted up quite a bit there uh, he's a guy that you could play but only in an emergency it'd have to be in ppr leagues um That are very large i would sit him if you can afford to do that then you get mark walton um they're gonna increase his touches i think they want to see what he brings to the table what he has in the future he's the guy that they could look towards but he's still something that you're going to sit preston wilson or williams i should say preston williams so the rookie at this point is being groomed to become uh their future wide receiver future piece of the puzzle as far as the rebuilding goes there in ppr league scoring he's actually averaged double just scoring every week that he's been in but barely just barely over 10. In three weeks, the last three weeks, he's averaged four catches and 59 yards. This guy's worth a bench stash, especially in dynasty leagues, but someone that you should avoid playing at this point. And then there's Don, uh, Devontae Parker. Uh, Devontae, former first-round pick, uh, he's had three weeks where he's averaged 67 receiving yards, but he's had two weeks where he got zero. Uh, he really reminds us the danger of starting this guy. He's hit or miss. You can't really trust him. Um, like Williams, sitting him is preferred. I would say the Dolphins' tight end, their kicker, their defense. Once again, this game is just ugly. Not a lot of fancy value there.
0: All right, so now I get to break down my Vikings. First is the Philadelphia Eagles, and let's start off with the Eagles players, and Carson Wentz. Now, this is going to be a matchup where I'm going to say sit Carson Wentz. He's been very inconsistent in the touchdown productions. Um, he had three touchdowns, then one, then two, then three, and then one. He's been all over the place, and it's really hard to measure what he's going to do. Um, the Vikings give it the eighth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, so I'm going to have to say sit him this week and avoid that situation. Jordan Howard. I think he's a low end running back, too, if you're desperate, or a flex play. I'm not huge on him, but there's some things that you just can't deny. Now, the Vikings give the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs and that is bad but he has four touchdowns in three weeks and he has proven himself to be the number one running back in that offense over Miles Sanders hands down Um, at least for right now I think Miles Sanders has a lot of future potential he looks very athletic. But last week he had nine carries for 15 yards, Miles Sanders did. That's 3.5 yards per carry on the season. The numbers, they're just not there, guys. The production isn't there from Sanders. And so, as much as this is a tough matchup, purely from volume, being the guy who's going to get the ball in the red zone, and just being the guy in general, Jordan Howard definitely retains some value. Not super excited about him, but. Again, would you rather get a guy who's not getting any carries in an easy matchup or a guy who's getting a lot of carries in a tough matchup? That's a very easy decision for me. So, move on now to the wide receivers and Alshon Jeffrey he's played just three games this year but he has scored in two of those games he's averaging less than 50 yards and about three catches a game so he's a very touchdown dependent wide receiver and he's not a ppr stud combine that with the fact that the vikings are a good defense they've given up the 16th most fantasy points to wide receivers but you look at those numbers are a little bit skewed like one game one quarter against the packers they put up three touchdowns other than that that defense was absolutely solid and worked some things out they've also been banged up in their backfield and they're getting healthy as the year goes on Deshaun Jackson he is questionable and has a tough matchup this week again we're going to update you guys later on in our Friday later on this week in our Friday video but for right now I'm not going to say anything more he is just questionable for this week so we're uncertain whether or not he'll play Zach Ertz is a guy you have to start. Now the Vikings have given up the 14th fewest fantasy points to tight ends, but that number is very deceiving because they've absolutely shut down some very terrible tight ends. But anytime a good tight end or an average tight end like Waller, Evan Ingram, or Austin Hooper plays them, they've had monster days, very good days, and Zach Ertz is a very good tight end. It makes him a must start. Jake Elliott is a guy to sit in this matchup, and I would sit the Eagles defense. The Eagles had 10 sacks last week against the Jets, but the Vikings are not the Jets. They have a solid running game. They've got a lot more weapons. That's not going to happen when you take out last week. The Eagles defense has been very, very bad this year, especially from a fantasy perspective. We'll switch gears now and go on to the Minnesota Vikings players. Sorry, I've got a rough throat. Hopefully that is not too much of a problem. But Kirk Cousins, um, probably a guy I'm going to avoid playing. Now, the Eagles are given the 15th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, and they've done that against Case Keenum, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. Um, are all guys who have had good days versus the Eagles. Um, again, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna steer away from Kirk Cousins. I, with even a lot of the drama going on and the complaints from his wide receiver there, Adam Thielen, I think it's a situation I don't like. Um, Again, the turnover proneness, you lose a lot of points for that. And again, just the fact that he's not really having a lot of guys that he's throwing to right now. Adam Thielen has been fine. We're going to talk about him. You know, let's just talk about him now. Adam Thielen has really impressed me. He had seven catches, 130 yards, and two touchdowns last week. He's been solid. He has, I believe, four touchdowns on this season. And he is really one of the bright spots of that offense he looks great he's a guy you've got to start against the Eagles who give up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers running back Dalvin cook is an absolute must start I mentioned it earlier he was second among all running backs in fantasy points so you absolutely have to play him the other wide receiver we got to talk about is Stefan Diggs and this is a situation where I'm going to say probably sit him or start him as a wide receiver three he's averaging just five fantasy points per game with the drama, the rumors about him being possibly traded, which he's not going to be traded. Guys, I don't think that's going to happen. With those rumors, the drama, and the lack of production, this is not a game that I am very excited about. This very well could be Stefan Diggs' first really solid game of the season and the game that really turns his year around fantasy-wise. It could be, but that is a risky play, so for me he comes in as a wide receiver three. Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph, both tight ends. As a situation, you got to sit both those guys. Very hard to tell what's going on there as they work Irv Smith in, and Rudolph has been a disappointment for years. Uh, Dan Bailey is a guy to sit, and the Vikings defense, I would sit them as well. They're a good defense, but they're far from a good fantasy defense or a great fantasy defense, and the Eagles have given up the eighth fewest fantasy points to defenses. Sorry, I feel like I was talking very fast there. As always, you guys can, I guess, replay the video a little bit if you want. You can also ask a question down in the comments below and I will do my best to answer it. But I'm gonna pass it back to Rob for his next game.
1: Let's talk about the Saints versus the Jaguars at this point. I want to start with the uh, Saints players. Bridgewater or Breeze. Now, the reason why I'm talking about Drew Breeze at this point, there's been actually videos going around him throwing and catching balls. It seemed to indicate that he could return sooner than a lot of people had planned. Now, I assume Drew Breeze is going to sit at least one more week. And, you know, why would you risk it? Especially with Teddy Bridgewater playing really well. So why risk an early return for Drew Breeze and re-injure that at hand? Um, with that said, let's break this down a little bit as far as who they're playing. Now, they're facing the Jags. That can be a tough defense at times, but this season, the Jaguars... In five games, I've allowed three quarterbacks over 300 yards passing, and two of those are not top-tier quarterbacks. In two of those games, was Flacco and Marcus Mariota. Now, they miss Jalen Ramsey. They need him to get back there very soon. Now, if he comes back, that obviously helps, but the Jags are getting up the ninth-most points to quarterbacks. If Drew Brees returns, okay, that's obvious. Just start him. You know that. Drew Brees is very good. If not, what about Bridgewater? You can pray Bridgewater in this one, but he does carry some risk. I see his numbers reverting back to the first two weeks that he started there. I think I'm going to play more conservative against a defense... Uh, That has the potential to bring the pressure there. Now, last week, we advised uh, starting Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, But this week, we're going to say, you know, it's probably better for you to find a more proven, safer option at this point. I'd probably sit him. As far as running backs go, Alvin Kamara. uh, With Breeze out, his total yards are solid. Uh, He's actually on pace to beat his best total yards. In fact, he's on pace to have 1,865 total yards, which is better than any other season in the NFL. He's also on pace to break his most catches per season. He's at 81. That's been his high. He's on pace to have 83. He's too good to sit. The only thing that's really down for him right now is his touchdowns, but that could go up, especially when Breeze returns. Start Alvin Kamara. He used to be a high in running back one. I would say he's still a very good mid-range running back one. Uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, uh, he might see a Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I mean, you know, Jalen plays. Now, if Jalen Ramsey plays, he becomes, he goes from a wide receiver one to a wide receiver two. But every league that I've ever been involved in, I've ever heard every league at minimum requires starting two wide receivers. So you're going to start Michael Thompson. It doesn't matter. Even if Jalen Ramsey does play and it dumps bumps down his value a little bit, it's a no-brainer start him. He's also on pace to break career best. Michael Thompson on pace to break career best in terms of yards, catches, and touchdowns. Now, Jared Cook, I like Jared Cook in the preseason, but with Drew Brees there, um, I think you need to sit him until Drew Brees comes back, looks healthy, and they build up that chemistry again. Will Lutz is a good player, kicker, and I would start the Saints' defense. They can bring pressure. They could create some problems for Gardner Minshew in this one. Let's get to Gardner Minshew. I hate starting rookie quarterbacks. There is such a strong or sharp learning curve for them. Yeah, to that on paper, the Jags um, on paper appear not to have top-notch skill position players but this rookie quarterback is legitimately good. He's composed, he plays like a veteran. He hasn't thrown an interception since week one. He's had three consecutive weeks of two touchdown passes. He's averaging over 20 fancy points per game on the season versus the Saints giving up the third most points to quarterbacks. Looks like a good matchup for me. I think he's a guy that you can stream. Uh, If you're having injuries or matchup difficulties with your current starter, he's a guy that you could definitely play and feel pretty good about. Now, right now we have him fluctuating between 15 to 18 on quarterback ratings this week. So that's going to fluctuate based on a few things, obviously, scoring system, other things like that. So he's good, but he's still not what I would call a top-tier quarterback. So if you have better options out there, go with somebody safer. As far as running backs go, you got Leonard Fournette. Um, Some of the reports in the offseason where he lost weight, was working hard, has head-on straights. Well, his yards per carry have ballooned from 3.69 the two previous years to 5.4 this year. So he looks like he's kind of turned some things around there. Although I will say that number's been really, I would say, aided by some long runs. If you take away, he would look like he's struggling quite a bit. Um, He has struggled at times in games. It would seem to look like he carries risk. I think what offsets that risk, though, is the fact that he's been very involved in the passing game. He's got 20 catches, 142 receiving yards, so he's very involved there, which is huge. Now, the Saints are tough against the run. Now these six views points to running backs at this point, but I think you need to start him as a running back, too, and here's why. He's a clear lead back. He's got nobody else on the team, though. They're going to feed him. He's going to get 15 to 20 carries every game, plus 45 targets every game, so he's a mid-range running back, too. Let's so look at D.D. Westbrook. I think he's going to see a lot of targets in this game. I think the wide receiver will see a lot of targets trying to play catch up with the Saints offense there. Now, Didi was a darling of a lot of people in the preseason. But the first two weeks, he very much disappointed. But the last three weeks, he's rebounded very nicely. Last three weeks, he's averaging 8.6 targets, 5.7 catches, and 65 yards. Last week being his best performance was 7 catches and 82 yards. I think that's going to continue to improve for a couple of reasons. Why Gardner Minshew is going to get better, learn, grow in that role as a quarterback. And DJ Chark is going to draw more and more attention from opposing defenses. And that means less attention for D.D. Westbrook out there. I think that's going to be good. And the Saints give up the six most points to wide receivers. So he's a very solid wide receiver three start. Uh, Chris Conley sit him. Uh, D.D. and Chark are the uh, clearly ahead of him in terms of production, targets on that team. Since week one, his production has dropped. And then you got DJ Chark. Um, if the Saints are smart, Lattimore will probably line up against Chark. That could lower his bar. Maybe Dede will see him. I'm not really sure if it's going to be Chark or Didi who's going to see Lattimore at this point. We're not sure who's going to draw that assignment. We said it last summer, though. It doesn't really matter. Um, last summer we did a video called Players You Should Know. We said it earlier this year also in our waiver wide This guy is very, very talented. Currently, he's fifth in wide receiver scoring in fantasy. Fifth in yards, third in touchdowns. He's got off-the-chart skills. He's an all-pro, all-world talent. Started as a wide receiver, too. Um, there's a possibility Lattimore could shadow him, so we'll bump his value down to say he's a low end wide receiver, too, but he's still a wide receiver, too. You need to play. As far as Titans go, Ashaughnessy is out for the year, sit all Jags tight ends. lambo is a nice main rage kicker start in this one.
0: I would sit the Jags defense. All right, so now I'm here and talking about the Ravens versus the Bengals. Let's start off with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson started off the season red hot, seven touchdowns in the first two games. But in the last three games, he has just four touchdowns. The production has absolutely slowed and definitely has to start to worry some Baltimore Ravens fans. What's going on there? I think they're going to fix some things. I think they're going to be fine. But his fantasy value is clearly not as high as many people once thought that it was. The Bengals have given it the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. But I think that number is a bit skewed. And I don't think that that is necessarily going to, I guess, apply to Lamar Jackson. They also give up a lot in the running game, and their uh, Baltimore Ravens defense is very good, so I imagine that he's not actually going to be throwing the ball as much as many people would hope for. I don't think he's going to have a huge fantasy day. I would avoid starting Lamar Jackson. The guy I would start, I think you absolutely have to, is Mark Ingram. Not only do the Bengals give up the second most fantasy points to running backs, the guy has six touchdowns in five games. Combine that with the good matchup, like I just mentioned, he is a must start at running back, hands down and easily. Wide receiver Marquez Brown, Uh, really every week this year has equated to less yardage totals for this guy. And as Lamar Jackson's production has slowed, so has his. I think that you should sit Marquez Brown. He is nothing more than a very, I guess I call him a wide receiver four at this point. Um, He does have some high upside, but there is no consistency there. And he is an option that I don't feel comfortable putting in my lineup. I don't know if you guys do, but I definitely think with uh, really, as we talked about like in our last video, the waiver wire options, you could pick up a guy and plug in that I would feel better than him, and so that's really where I'm at with it. Mark Andrews, he is questionable this week. A little bit banged up. We'll update you on Friday. If he plays, he is a must start at the tight end position. Justin Tucker, he's been great, and this is a good matchup. He's a great kicker. He's a must start, guys. He really is. And the Ravens defense, I would sit them this week. Um, they have amassed a just whopping eight fantasy points, combined over the last four games for whatever reason that Ravens defense has seriously struggled fantasy wise I would sit them this week and that rounds up our Ravens players. Let's move on to the Bengals. Andy Dalton. It's an interesting situation because Andy Dalton's had some good numbers. But with John Ross and A.J. Green out, playing a Ravens defense, we just talked about how they are struggling fantasy-wise, but they have still given up the 15th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. So they are not a bunch of losers there, at least. Um, Andy Dalton's a guy I wouldn't sit. Again, if he had some more weapons there, if John Ross was playing, I would definitely consider it the other way. But I'm not going to be playing him this week. Joe Mixon is a guy who went over 100 yards last week. He was still really held back by that offense, and it struggles, and this is a tougher matchup this week. I don't imagine most of you have better options than Joe Mixon. For a lot of you, he's going to come in as your running back, too, or your flex play. Far from excited about this guy, um, but I don't imagine that you should be sitting him this week. Again, it's one of those situations where don't get cute. He's going to get you some fantasy points. He's going to be an okay option. Unfortunately, he's probably not going to be an amazing option this week. Tyler Boyd is a must-start. Man, he seriously benefited last week. 14 targets, 10 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Absolutely play this guy for sure. And their secondary wide receiver there in Cincinnati with both those guys, Green out and Ross out, is Auden Tate. And I'm not a huge fan of this guy, but the last three weeks have been good to him. If you're looking for a plug-and-play, he might be an option for you. Far from my favorite option, um, but a fair wide receiver three option. You should sit tight end uh, C.J. Uzoma and Randy Bullock in the Bengals defense. I would just sit all three of those guys as a situation that I want to avoid. They've really struggled fantasy-wise. They have, I want to keep this video short. So I'm not going to say anything more on that and just keep it pretty point blank. But I'm going to pass it back to Rob as always. And then I'll be back in a little bit for my next game. So, look at the Rams and the 49ers in this one. Start with
1: Jimmy Garoppolo. So, the Rams' last two weeks have been lit up by Winston and Wilson. That defense has gotten just torched. But that same Rams' defense still has a lot of talent. Akeeb Tlaib, Aaron Donald, a defense that's capable of making time tough for opposing quarterbacks. In fact, the first three weeks versus Bridgewater, Cam Newton, and Baker Mayfield, they only averaged 9.5 fantasy points in those games. Now, I think it does help that Clay Matthews is going to be out. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could be a solid play. But I think this is the way that the 49ers want to approach a lot of games. They've got a great defense. They love to run the ball with a number of guys and love to just cram it down your throw there. I think the 49ers can help, it not only in this game, but many games, they don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball over 30 times per game. I think there are a lot better plays out there you could stream. If you need a quarterback, I would stay away from Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. As running backs go yeah tim and coleman uh, he had a great return had a nice game good yard 16 carries 97 yards great usage great snaps he also had a touchdown but here's the concern that i have: matt bright was very good also in that game matt bright is so talented he is so fast every time he touches the ball he's a threat to go the distance he's so good and we saw that in his 83 yard touchdown run he had in a monday night game now the downside for bright is he's smaller Often battles injuries, hard time staying healthy there. You had Coleman's return. Then you look at Wilson, running back. Wilson's got four touchdowns this year. Most has spin solid there. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Now, Coleman and Bryda, they're going to run hot and cold um, if you look at them week to week, but they're too good to sit. You really need an injury to clear some things up there. But in the meantime, I think you need to play them this week as low-end running back twos. Against the Rams, giving up the 7th most points to running backs. I think they're going to try to establish a run early. As far as wide receivers go, you got Samuels, Pettis, Goodwin, Bourne. Doesn't matter. All those guys have distanced themselves. they done enough to really become a guy that you can trust. Set all wide receivers. Then there's George Kittle, tight end. He's a stud, tight end one. Uh, you need to start him every week. He found pay dirt last week. He caused all sorts of problems for the backfield of the Browns there. Breaking tackles, creating matchup problems, you name it. Let's go to kicker Gould. Um, He's missed five field goals in 12 attempts. I would sit him. Then the 49ers defense. That defense is very underrated. They're second fantasy points behind the Patriots at this point. Start them. As far as quarterbacks go, Jared Goff. So Jared Goff, I have a hard time saying. I think you should sit him this week. I think he's got a lot of weapons there. He's a prolific offense. He's got the potential to have big games. But he's also struggled. But he's playing a very, very good 49ers defense there. So I would sit him. Todd Gurley. The front seven for the 49ers is very tough, but that offense is very prolific, averaging 29 points per game. In fact, in three seasons, as McVay has been the head coach, they have averaged 30 points per game. They're that talented. Now, we did a video earlier in the year where a lot of people were just giving up on Todd Gurley, saying this guy's a bust. And we went on to say we think he's still going to be a top 12 running back. We use top 12 because typically your standard league size is 12 teams. And we said even if his usage or yards are down, his value is going to be maintained by the fact he's can see a lot of red zone carries. That's going to hold his value. Since then, what's happened? Well, I'll tell you what's happened last two weeks. Last two weeks, he's had four touchdowns. After 23 fantasy points per game. Remind us that even in a bad matchup, you got to play him as a running back, to Start this guy. And by the way, all those that disagree with us who loved Malcolm Brown. Gosh, this guy has just disappeared, hasn't he? Talk about wide series. Cooper Cup, uh, fourth in yards, second in Catches. Four consecutive games over 100 yards. He's the best slot receiver in football. We said that last year, said in the preseason, and he's proved our point. This guy is so good. He looks faster and better than last year. He's an obvious start as a wide receiver one in this matchup. Then you have Brandon Cooks. He's been placed in concussion protocol. Now, you're going to have to monitor his progress this week. Now, last year against the 49ers, he did have three touchdowns. Um, so this guy's found a way to get open and have some success. If he does play... He's a low-end wide receiver two against a tough pass defenses. Now he has higher value in standards, lower value in PPRs. Then you have Robert Woods. Besides week four, he's been very quiet. Um, if you look at uh, last year, he did have a thousand seasons. first of his career he hit a thousand, but that was due to the fact that uh, Cooper Cup was out. So you look at Robert Woods. Um, I think if Cooks plays, for me Woods is a borderline wide receiver three four. For me, I lean towards sitting him against a 49ers defense that really smothers wide receivers. If Cooks sits. Um, That solidifies him as a wide receiver three, no higher. Uh, They really clamped down. In fact, that defense clamped down. If you look at Beckham, Evans, Godwin, or Goodwin, I should say. Godwin and Juju. Sorry, it's been a long day. Anyways, that defense clamped down on Beckham, Evans, Godwin, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So they have a very difficult time. And so that's where I'd put him. Let's tight end, tight end, Everett. Uh, As he said, two good weeks in a row, 18 targets combined with 180 yards and a touchdown during those two weeks there. The third-year tight end looks like he's really made that jump. Now he's not a top ten tight end. Uh, there are tight ends out there that are good, um, good, but with a lot of question marks at the position. And the fact that San Francisco loves to bring pressure, I think it results to a lot of shorter throws. And Gerald could get, uh, I would say, maybe uh, eight to ten targets. Uh, in this game, he would be. A, I would fall into the tight end range of maybe 8-12 to 12 at this point. Greg Zerline, uh, currently first in kicker points. Start Greg Zerline. That's a no-brainer. Now the Rams have yet to break. This Rams defense have yet to break double-digit points. Uh, and San Francisco only allowed four sacks all year.
0: So I would sit the Rams in this one. All right, so now I am covering the Falcons versus the Cardinals, and i like to start off with the Falcons players because Matt Ryan is a great start this week. Not only has he thrown for 300 yards or more in every single game this season, in three of his five games, he has thrown three touchdowns, plus the Cardinals give up the fourth most fancy points to quarterbacks, making this a very great play this week in Matt Ryan. Running back Devonta Freeman kind of goes quite the other way. Not only do the Cardinals give the 10th fewest fantasy points to running backs, he really, at least yards per carry-wise, has really been outran by running back Ido Smith. He's been a big disappointment and struggled this season. But The thing that's most, uh, I guess, makes me most nervous is that the Cardinals have allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to running backs, but they have done that against Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Mark Ingram, and On Johnson, a very good set of running backs. And so I definitely think they're going to have an easy time stopping Devonta Freeman. Running back Ido Smith, I just mentioned it. He's playing well. He had six catches on six targets last week. His yards per carry is consistently better than Devonta Freeman. And yet he is still not being used as the number one back. Um, In the future, I very well see by the end of the season, Smith being the number one back in that offense. But as of right now, that's not the case. You can't start this guy. Wide receiver Julio Jones, his last two games have been less than stellar, but you can't panic, you can't freak out. This guy has four touchdowns in five games. You absolutely must start him in a good matchup. Calvin Ridley is the same. He's very inconsistent, but three of the five games this season have been great, been very good good games, and so it's kind of one of those guys where you put him in there, and some weeks he hurts you with a bad matchup, but other weeks he's going to have a huge day and he's going to help propel you to a win. You just kind of have to take the good with the bad, I guess. Wide receiver Mohamed Sanu, this is interesting because it makes me so nervous saying play this guy um, because there's just so much talent in that offense. And yet, we've got a quarterback who's throwing over 300 yards every game. You've got a good matchup. This guy's safely going to get you about five catches every game. The yards and the touchdowns aren't exactly there, so I favor him a bit more in a PPR league, but he is at best a low-end start or a flex play. Nothing too much. I would probably look towards some more safe options. Wide receiver Austin Hooper, the tight end, he's a guy you got to play. The Cardinals give the most fancy points to tight ends, and he's had a good year. He's a PPR stud at the tight end position. I would sit the Falcons defense and kicker Matt Bryant just to make things very quick and easy there. And we'll move on now to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray. This is an interesting situation. I think you should start him. I'm not a huge fan of these young mobile quarterbacks that don't have great arms or a lot of maturity, um, at least as far as the X's and O's behind uh, breaking down defenses and stuff like that, but Atlanta gives it the second most fantasy points to defenses, and he's averaging 20 fantasy points per game. He's got some good weapons and some great mobility. Kyler Murray is a guy you should start this week. David Johnson is another guy you have to start. as a good matchup. He's a PPR stud. He is used a lot. I mean, just absolutely play this guy. That is an obvious start. Move on now to the wide receivers. Christian Kirk is questionable this week after missing last week's game versus the Bengals. We will update you on Friday. Larry Fitzgerald. If Christian Kirk misses, Larry Fitzgerald becomes an absolute must start and a wide receiver too in a matchup against Atlanta that gives up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. I would sit their tight end Charles Clay, their kicker Zane Gonzalez, and their defense this week. And that rounds up the Falcons versus the Cardinals. Again, I'm going to pass it back to Rob.
1: Let's take a look at the Titans versus the Broncos. Start with Marcus Mariota. Denver, even without Chubb, is a very good, tough defense against the pass. They're only allowing 11 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Sit Marcus in this one. There. Let's look at running back. Start with Derrick Henry. Uh, four touchdowns in five games. A clear lead back. Uh, he's weekly running back two in standard leagues. Now he faces Denver defense that faces a very similar back in terms of like running style and size. And that was Leonard Fournette. He gouges them for 225 rushing yards. So uh, maybe we'll see a similar thing there as the Titans will run the ball early and often in this game. Now, if you look at Derrick Henry, he's very deficient in the passing game. Yes, he did have a 75-yard receiving touchdown this year. I know that. That was an outlier. That's what we call an anomaly. That's not who he is. His skill set is very clear. He's not a good pass catching back. Meaning in PPR leagues, his value drops a little bit. In those leagues, I'd say he's a borderline running back two or three depending on league size and your bench options. But this week, I would start him in both formats there. You should get a heavy workload. So we got wide receivers. We can look at wide receivers for the Titans. Uh, Brown, or let's say Corey Davis, uh, the up-and-down wide receiver, they stay, they face a very solid defense there, and corner Chris Harris. I would sit all Titans wide receivers in this one, err on the side of caution, avoid them. As far as Delaney Walker goes, after a solid start to the season, he's been very quiet the last couple weeks. Uh, we assume his targets are going to increase this week as the Broncos will lock down their wide receivers. I think he's got better days ahead, so I would start him. Uh, Even though his value has faded some, he still has upside. He's worth a start, especially when you consider what's out there for tight ends. There's not a lot of depth. Once again, you need to play him. And this is why um, these sort of dilemmas, why you have to start a guy or play a guy that's struggling because the position is not deep. And that's the same reason why we've told before that if you play in a league where you have to have a tight end, you need to grab one early, grab a top five guy, because if not, it is tough after that, streaming week to week. It can be very hit or miss. As far as kickers goes, Titans cut Santos after missed four field goals, looks like they're on a side. Parquet is a kicker, but I would still sit him. Titans defense, they're fifth in defensive scoring at this point in fantasy. Now, they're facing the Denver defense, has given up double digit points in two of the last three games, so I would start them. Although they're playing an offense with a one two punch of Lindsey and Freeman that are committed to the run, making a lower risk offense there. I think the Titans have a safe floor but a lower ceiling in this one. As far as Denver goes, start with Joe Flacco. He's a game manager. He's had one big game, otherwise he's been bad. He's been very disappointing. Other than that, he's got .0, 0 I'm saying .75 touchdown passes per game. He's only averaging 235 passing yards against one of the top-rated pass defenses. Uh, I would sit him. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. So uh, Royce Freeman has really stepped up this year. He stepped up his game quite a bit, and I think that's great for the Broncos, but I think it's bad for Lindsay owners. Uh, they're really splitting carries almost right down the middle. Four times they've both had double-digit carries. Um, you look at Freeman averaging 11 carries per game to Lindsay's 13. Very close there. And now I look at Freeman. He's got more receptions this year than he did all of last year. His yards per carry up by half a yard from 4 to 4.5. That's very good. He's looking very good there. Now, Lindsey's a more dynamic runner. For being honest, he's more dynamic, he's faster, but he's smaller. The potential long-term ability for him to stay durable is unlikely, and I think that's why they're splitting the carries so much and why the larger Freeman probably has the opportunity to increase his carries simply because he's about 30 pounds heavier than he is. Lindsey, though, because of how dynamic he is and how talented he is, is a running back two. Freeman's a running back three. Until the schedule, production, or injury shift in one way or the other, that's where they land. Lindsey's a running back two, and Freeman's a running back three in these games. Uh, Cortland Sutton versus the Titans. Titans give the six biggest points to wide receivers. He's really beginning to establish himself as a future wide receiver one. He looks really good, but two things hurt him this week. One, playing an offense that's run first, and versus the Titans, so this week he drops down to a wide receiver three. You got Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders had two bad weeks and three very good weeks, but versus the Titans, he falls to a wide receiver four. I would say him. So tight ends, you got my McManus kicker. Um, I think this is a game that could become a field goal battle, defensive battle there. I actually like McManus, I think you should start him in this one. As far as Denver defense go, um, I think the defense is turning things around, but they have four games where they've had zero sacks, uh, sit him even in a good matchup.
0: Right, so now we've got the Cowboys versus the Jets. Um, I'm going to save you guys some time. This game looks like it's going to be a pretty easy week for the Cowboys. So let's start off with them in Dak Prescott, he's been electric this year. He's been on fire. He's been insane. The production has been there. you got to start this guy. Lower your expectations and understand he's not going to need to throw 300 yards and four touchdowns for them to win this game, but you still have to start him. Ezekiel Elliott is another guy you absolutely need to start. If I have to tell you why, why are you playing fantasy? That guy is um, amazing. And especially at the running back position where there's not a whole lot of talent and many people are just scraping by. But another running back in that offense I want to talk about is running back Tony Pollard. A couple of weeks ago, Cowboys played the Miami Dolphins and beforehand Rob said you should start Tony Pollard as he was going to get lots of carries in a blowout game. He was right. He had 13 carries, 103 yards and a touchdown and he looked great. I would say the same thing for this matchup this week except that Tony Pollard is banged up with a knee and an ankle injury and so I would avoid doing that. It was already a risky play against Miami which absolutely paid off for those of you who did it and that was a great call by Rob but I don't think that you can do that this week. You know, he's questionable. That's just definitely something to avoid. Omari Cooper's the guy you got to start. Five touchdowns in five games. He's been a monster this year. This guy seems pretty much matchup proof. And a 31-5 to blowout against Miami, he still scored two touchdowns. They absolutely blew that team out of the water. And he still managed to get his targets and get his scores. Michael Gallup has played in just three games, but he's got 339 receiving yards, 20 catches, and a touchdown. He looks absolutely phenomenal. The guy's on pace for like 1,700 receiving yards, so Michael Gallup is also a good wide receiver to play. Again, a bit lowered expectations, but they're going to be fine in this easy matchup. Jason Witten is a guy that I would avoid playing this week. Um, When you've got two good wide receivers like that, you've got a good running game and a blowout game, he's probably not going to do a whole lot. He hasn't found the end zone since finding having touchdowns in back-to-back weeks to open the season there, excuse me, and the Jets give up the sixth-fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Kicker Brett Maher, he's a low-end start. Um, He doesn't look great. Um, I think he's got some long-term value. He missed a field goal against the Packers. So again, this is a very weird situation with him, and what I would say is He's got low value if you want to play him. I would probably look for another option. Um, He struggled. He missed an easy field goal last week. And so there's definitely a bit of concern with him. I might look for a guy with some more opportunity. And the Dallas Cowboys, I would start that defense against the Jets. That's going to be a very good week against Sam Darnold, who we're going to talk about now. Looks like he is returning this week. Funny, I found a uh, New York news outlet who called Sam Darnold the leader the Jets desperately need. Um, If that's where your franchise is right now, I feel very bad for you guys. Heck, he played in just one game so far this year. But his 41 passing attempts in that game equated to just 175 passing yards and a touchdown. And so I'm definitely going to sit him this week against a very, very good Cowboys pass defense. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is a guy you got to start. He has 32 catches so far this season. He's on pace for 128 catches. He's not going to continue that pace. That would be insane, but he's been absolutely phenomenal. In PPR leagues, he's a must-start. Things are a little bit different in standard leagues, and those of you who are in dynasty leagues or whatever it may be, and some of you got better options. Like, I'm in a league where I've got David Johnson, I've got David Montgomery, I've got Dalvin Cook, I've got Devin Singletary, I've got LaShawn McCoy, all in one league, and in that league, yeah, I might always be sitting Le'Veon Bell, but... A lot of you aren't in leagues like that. A lot of you don't have rosters like that. So that's going to come down to your situation. And in PPR leagues, he's a guy you should start. Both Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder, you got to sit those guys. The Dallas Cowboys give the third fewest fantasy points to wideouts. And they've done it against Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin. So they haven't done it against scrubs. In fact, they've given up just 6.3 fantasy points per wide receiver per game. Uh, the Jets tight end, sit them, their kicker, Sam Ficken, I would sit them, and their defense. So that rounds this out. I'll pass it back to Rob, and then I believe I have one more game after this.
1: Now to the Steelers versus the Chargers. start with the uh, Steelers. Look at Mason Rudolph. He's going to be out. Concussion protocol there, at least most likely. Everything's trending towards him not playing in the game. That's going to leave Devlin Hodge's start. In fact, ESPN's Chris Mortensen reports Devlin Hodges expected to start week six against the Chargers. Uh, he looked fine in limited time, but just that very limited time. His body work is very small, and it's too small to really make any assessment or assumptions about what he can do or may do or what to expect I would sit him. As far as running backs, go look at James Conner. I think the Steelers are going to want to run early enough and take pressure off of Hodges there to have to throw the ball, take pressure off of that pass rush. Um, but if I'm the Chargers, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to load the box, try to shut down the run, and force him to beat me throwing the ball there. I think he's going to face a lot of loaded boxes in this game. Now, he's been very active in the passing That's good for Conner. But finding running room has been harder this year. He's had a career of 4.5 yards per carry going into this year, but this year it's only 3.3. That's probably going to continue in this game. Probably get 20 carries in this game, but he might get 20 carries for 60 yards, um, very low yards per carry. Now he's been a lower running back too, and he's got more question marks playing the Chargers allow the 12 fewest points to running backs if you have a solid backup this week and I mean that if you have a, a good backup this might be the week that you want to sit James Conner. but don't sit him unless you have a viable good backup and here's why I think the efficiency may not be there for James Conner, but he's going to get a lot of volume in this game especially Jalen Sam- Samuels out Jalen Samuels has knee scope today. And he's gonna be out for a month. So that means this is gonna be James Conner's team. There'll be some other guys there that'll get some carries. Obviously, rookie running back that's gonna get some carries there, but uh, he's gonna get a lot of volume. And that leaves James Conner as a running back two slash three based on your league size and scoring. As far as wide receivers go, we got Juju Smith-Schuster. Last game, he had 75 yards, seven catches, and a touchdown. Just reminds us how talented he is. Um, take away one bad game on the year, he's averaged 79. .5 receiving yards that's on pace for 1,272 yards not bad i think the one concern i have in this game is going to see casey hayward who's a solid corner um and he's gonna be playing with a third string quarterback so everything's trending away from juju smith in this one there he said he a wide receiver one with ben roethlisberger quarterback ben gets hurt he becomes a wide receiver two now this week with a third string quarterback he's a wide receiver three i think you can play him he's got a low floor but he's also got a high ceiling so, for a lot of you, you're still going to play him. I would sit Deontay Johnson. I would sit all tight ends this one. And Chris Boswell, I would sit this offense. Could struggle in this one. Sit their kicker. Now, the Steelers' defense, uh, they've really come alive. In the last three games, are averaging 13.6 fantasy points per game. 13 sacks the last two games. But I think the Chargers are going to run the ball a lot with Gordon Eckler and take a lot of pressure off that Steelers' pass rush. I think it's safe to assume a Devlin at quarterback there. Uh, Chargers won't have to throw the ball a lot. and That's going to limit their throws. That's going to limit sacks, turnovers. Um, and the Steelers are on the road in this one, so uh, it's not an ideal week to play the Steelers. I would sit their defense. Let's look at Phillip Rivers. Gosh, when I watch him play, he reminds me of Brett Favre so much. A gunslinger. I love it. he takes chances. He loves the game. He's going to have great games, but he's going to kill you with poor time interceptions. That's just who he is. Accept it. Now, he's had three good games. He's had two poor games. But I think in this game, the over-under is going to get lower. And so I think with Gordon returning and running the ball more often, they're not going to lean so much on him throwing the ball there. Um, I would sit him versus the Steelers. In the last three weeks, they're only allowing 11.5 points to opposing quarterbacks, so I would sit him in this one. Then you got Melvin Gordon playing a defense, allowing the fourth most points to running backs. The fourth most, that's a lot. Now, his usage was there in the first week that he was back, but production wasn't. I'm going to call it rust. I think that's going to improve. Now, this week could be better versus the Giants, and he must start his little running back, too. Then you have Austin Eckler. Now that Gordon is back, his role will expand, and you have to downgrade Austin Eckler a little bit there. Now he's played really well, but he's struggled in a few areas. One way he struggled is a few goal line carries where he struggled. That's an area where Gordon excels. He's had 38 touchdowns in three seasons, plus his 3.8 yards per carry for Eckler. Um, that could use some improvement. I think that's an area where Gordon's going to improve the running game there. With that said, Eckler's too talented to sit, um, and he's great in the passing game. So he's got 39 catches, 356 receiving yards, and three TDs. Gordon's going to get the first and second down carries, but Echo's still going to see um, 78 targets per game, making him a running back two for flex starting PPR leagues. As far as wide receivers, go, Mike Williams, I think there's going to be a heavy workload for the running backs, like I mentioned. Um, last game, we saw a nice bump in his production, but I would sit Mike Williams. He's a, a wide receiver four in this one. Then Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen's very, very good. Obviously, the favorite target of Phillip Rivers. You need to play him. Keenan Allen is a wide receiver one in this one. As far as tight ends go, uh, Coach Anthony hasn't ruled out Hunter Henry. He thinks he could come back in this one. We're going to have to watch that. I would not play any tight ends there, but Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry comes back. And if you're really desperate, you can consider playing him. But we need to watch that. Watch our Friday video. We'll tell you how he's doing. As far as kickers go, um, sit the kicker. As far as the Chargers defense go, I'll play the Chargers defense in this one.
0: All right, guys. So I'm going to finish this off. This video, the last game we're going to be talking about, the last game we need to talk about this week is the Lions versus the Packers. Why not start off with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? Now, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely too good not to start. That much is simple. I would slightly lower your expectations. I feel like that's my catchphrase for this video, but I would. uh, Being that the Lions over the last three games have held Pat Mahomes, Phillip Rivers, and Carson Wentz. To just two passing touchdowns combined. Um, I still think you have to start Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of people are gonna get fancy, they're gonna go make some drops and some pickups, and they're gonna start like Daniel Jones or whatever, they're gonna get burned. You know, after his big week one Daniel Jones had came out in week two, people start him against Washington, it was a bad day for them. So don't get too fancy, just play him this week. Aaron Jones has eight touchdowns in the last four weeks. That is absolutely insane. He is a must start. And you know what? He also had like 75 receiving yards last game. That was really cool to see that. And that's because Jamal Williams was out. His fantasy value is insanely high with Jamal Williams is out. Now, he is currently marked as out versus the Lions. That could possibly change. But being that it's out, even if it gets upgraded to questionable, I bet you that he will sit with a concussion. And as long as he does, Aaron Jones keeps very high fantasy value. Wide receiver Devontae Adams also currently ruled out for this game with Turf Toe. I'm expecting that that's going to hold up. Turf Toe often keeps guys out for three or four weeks. I don't know what it is or why that is, but it's very much the case. Marcus is Scantling, and Geronimo Allison. This should be a better week for them. Um, is a bit better a matchup. The Lions give the 13th most fantasy points to wide receivers. And again, I think, that, uh, I think the Lions defense has been... Pretty good over the last couple of games. I don't think they're quite as good as the Cowboys, and I think that the Lions are going to really focus on Aaron Jones after that huge game he had last week. Jimmy Graham is the guy who benefits the most from Devontae Adams being out. He has 12 targets, nine catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown since uh Devontae Adams has been absent. He is absolutely capitalized on that. And so if Adams is out at tight end, I would actually start Jimmy Graham. I don't absolutely love him. But if you're looking for a stream play this week, he's definitely the guy. Mason Crosby's had three straight weeks with at least 10 fantasy points. So you should start him. He's been a really reliable kicker this year. And I would sit the Packers defense. Flipping sides now to Matthew Stafford. Um, This interesting situation, the Packers have given up the seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. But that number is very skewed. They've beat up on some bad quarterbacks like Trubisky, Cousins, and Flacco. The last two solid quarterbacks that they have played, Carson Wentz. And Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz through three touchdowns and Dak Prescott through 436 yards. So it's very clear that if a good quarterback plays against them, he's going to have a good day. I don't think that Matthew Stafford is going to have a huge day, but I'm expecting somewhere around 250 yards and two touchdowns. Carry on Johnson, he's been a major disappointment this year, um, but things are starting to look up for him now. Green Bay Packers allow the third most fantasy points to running back, so the matchup is good for him. And he had an awesome day last week, 29 touches and 157 yards in his last game. He is 23rd in fantasy scoring, Um, so that makes him a bit of a disappointment. I know a lot of people drafted him in the top, you know, probably 16 running backs and thinking they'd like to get some more production out of him. But at 23, he is still in the top 24. That makes him a starting running back, and things are looking up. He has increased touches three games in a row. This could very well be sort of a breakout game for this season that really gets him back on track to being the fantasy running back that many people expected. I would start carrying on Johnson this week. Kenny all is another guy to start. He is 18th in fantasy points among wide receivers. He's got four touchdowns in four games, and he is an absolutely crucial part of that offense. Marvin Jones comes in as a medium wide receiver, three-play over the last two games. He has nine catches, 178 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he is far from amazing. I definitely think that he has a ceiling, but he's been productive. If you're looking for a wide receiver, three, Marvin Jones fills that role for sure. Move on now to tj hawkinson after attempting to hurdle a guy in last game he had a, a bit of a fail on that one hurt his shoulder and has a bit of a concussion looks like he could very well miss this game but that is a questionable situation so we will update you on friday finally kicker matt crater in the lines defense i would sit both of them just a pretty quick and easy video for me to go over so that was very nice um quick and easy way to finish off this video as always guys we would let you know uh, So just drop a comment down below if you have any questions. And thank you so much for checking out our channel and supporting us. You guys have a great day and God bless.